This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shops, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. Boris Johnson's political headaches are persistent things. During a particularly difficult PMQ session on Wednesday, he took aim at Sir Keir Starmer, a former director of public prosecutions, and accused him of failing to prosecute Jimmy Savile. The comment has divided his own side, with Munira Mirza, the director of the Number 10 Policy Unit, citing it as a major factor in her resignation. However, when interviewed by Trevor Phillips, the business secretary, Kwasi Kwarteng, defended the Prime Minister's comments. Would you have used those words? I think it's entirely legitimate. Would you have to, used those words? Oh, well, you would have used those words. It depends what the context was. I mean, but in I, that context, would you have used those words? Uh, in that context, I think it was perfectly reasonable to mention the fact uh, that Sir Keir had apologised. Sir Keir himself apologised on behalf of the uh, on behalf of the organisation that he led about the fact that they failed uh, to prosecute uh, Jimmy Savile. So the fact that he apologised suggests that he does, at some level, bear some responsibility. Now, I don't... The Prime Minister not. himself, the day after, yeah, said, did. that's not what Look, I meant. The, the, Are you the, sure you want to say that you would have used those words? No, what I'm trying to say is that it's about leadership, it's about accountability, Sakir apologised, and so that was something that was absolutely in scope. Now, I'm not saying that he had uh, personal blame. I, he didn't, uh, and we've been very clear about that, and the Prime Minister clarified that position as well. But I think in the, in the cut and thrust of uh, debate, uh, when people are talking about leadership and accountability... Um, bringing up something that Sir Keir himself apologised for uh, seems reasonable. Would it have been good leadership if uh, he had taken the advice of his now former head of policy, Munira Mirza, and apologised for giving the impression, which I have to confess pretty much everybody else in the country took, that he was talking about Sir Keir himself? I think he clarified uh, what he said. But... He was Would, very clear he? that uh, Sir Keir did not have a personal responsibility. It was not his fault personally. Should he? But, have but Sir Keir did apologise on behalf of the organisation that he led, and that's what leadership should and the Prime Minister mean. have apologised. I think the Prime Minister was absolutely right to clarify uh, his position. Manira Mirza has her position and subsequently uh, left left her role. Sophie Rayworth challenged Kwarteng over the Prime Minister's record on telling the truth. She put to him what Johnson had claimed in the comments about the latest crime statistics. Why did he say in Parliament this week as well that the government is cutting crime by 14% when that's not true? Well, I, I don't know why you say it isn't true. I don't know what the, uh, the evidence is for it not being true. All I know is that certainly uh, on the doorstep people are saying that um, you know, there is progress being made. Well, he said that the government is cutting crime by 14%. It isn't true because he hadn't included in that figure. And this is the chair of the UK Statistics Authority who said that. He had not included in that figure fraud and computer misuse. And the UK chair of the Statistics Authority says if fraud and computer misuse are counted in total crime, as they should be, total crime, in fact, increased, by increased, not decreased, by 14%. It's reasonable, isn't it, for people to expect that the Prime Minister is accurate in what he says about an issue as important as crime in the Commons. So when uh, people talk about crime, they generally, I think crime uh, fraud is really, really important. But people are talking also particularly about burglaries, about um, personal injury, about uh, physical crimes. 
Um, and I think in that context, uh, we're seeing uh, lower crimes. I think the Prime Minister was right. So, but what he said in the Commons, was that true? Yeah, he was referring to personal injury and, and, and crime in relation to individuals. But not in terms of total crime. What he said in the Commons this week was not true about, about crime. The point the Prime Minister was making is that the crime that people experience in their day-to-day -day lives, in terms of fraud, uh, in terms of burglary rather, not fraud, but in terms of burglary, in terms of physical injury, uh, has gone down. That's absolutely right. The former Conservative leader, Ian Duncan Smith, told Raworth that he was not calling for the PM's blood, but he needed to get his house in order and fast. Is Boris Johnson then, for you, the man who is the right person to restore that confidence? Well, he has to be because he is the Prime Minister. He is the man that oversaw what went wrong. He is the man that now has to recognise categorically, as I believe he's beginning to do now, uh, that these things need to be put right desperately. There has to be a huge change. This doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, but my sense right now is that um, if we go and plunge ourselves into a leadership election, uh, a vote of confidence, uh, which in the end always damages leaders, even if they win it, uh, and then maybe into a leadership election, into Nissan warfare, in the midst of which we're facing a big cost of living crisis. For me, the poorest in society have to be helped now dramatically because this crisis is a combination of a number of things uh, and it can be resolved as a number of things. The cost of energy now has to be dealt with and dealt with swiftly and the government has to do more in my book to make that happen. The Shadow Foreign Secretary David Lammy spoke to Phillips about the situation in Ukraine. He said that as well as implementing sanctions on the Russian regime, the government should also attempt to clean up its own backyard. It's important that we stand up to Russian aggression abroad uh, and in Central Europe, but it's hugely important that we deal with Russian aggression in our own country. And we have been calling now for months and months for the government to implement the Russia report that our Intelligence Select Committee uh, reported on. Uh, we have no register of overseas property, 250,000 properties in London owned by uh, overseas entities. Um, they haven't dealt with the Computer Misuse Act. Why? They have changed electoral law to allow limitless donations to political parties. It's hard to understand. They've taken about £5 million worth of donations from Russian-linked donors. They should give that money back. And so we've been saying that we have to deal with the dirty money that's circulating in London, London becoming the laundromat of the world, and embarrassingly, President Biden conveying concern that the sanctions regime that we needed is, com is compromised because the government's refusal to deal with that dirty money problem. On Times Radio, I spoke to Lammy about the government's planned national insurance rise. You've also attacked Tory plans to go ahead with the rise in national insurance from April, which is, according to ministers, absolutely necessary to fund the work clearing the NHS backlog and also social care reform. Uh, where would Labour find the money for those two massive uh, policy areas uh, without imposing something like this? We've always said that the broadest shoulders should bear the burden, and that's why we've never agreed with the national insurance um, increase. The truth is we had chronic backlogs long before um, the pandemic. We didn't fix the roof while the sun was shining and now we've got a very, very serious problem indeed. 
um, we will set out our fiscal plans uh, as we head towards the next uh, general election. But we do think at this time, asking people to pay an extra 1.25%, basically having the biggest tax burden that we've had now for decades, uh, alongside uh, inflation, 5.4%, but predictions that it's going to rise to 7% by the spring. With all of those costs going up in the supermarkets and with energy prices and basically a miserly 350 quid that, the, that you're getting from the government, against that backdrop, um, this, is, this is not a government that's thinking of working people. This is a government that time and time again tends to side um, uh, with the corporates who could bear the burden. On Thursday, the First Minister of Northern Ireland, Paul Given, announced that he would be resigning his post thanks to difficulties arising from the Brexit withdrawal agreement. Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, the leader of the DUP, spoke to Sky's David Blevins about the issue and the need to restore Northern Ireland to the forefront of the national conversation. Are you suggesting that Boris Johnson has made Northern Ireland such uh, a low priority that the peace process is effectively being damaged? I'm saying that all of the controversy surrounding um, uh, Downing Street is making it difficult for the Prime Minister to focus on what needs to get priority. I recognise the situation, for example, in Ukraine is critical. I recognise that getting the UK out of uh, COVID and, and into a more normal situation and, and the recovery of our economy and our, um, supporting our health service are important. But so is Northern Ireland. And whilst I welcome very much the commitment of Liz Truss um, uh, to drive forward the negotiations. It disappoints me that our Prime Minister cannot give a firm commitment today that if there is not agreement reached uh, with the European Union, he will take the steps that are necessary to restore Northern Ireland's place within the UK internal market. That means triggering Article 16. That's the commitment I need to get from this Prime Minister. And if he doesn't give it to you, there's not going to be a power-sharing government regardless of what happens during the election? Well, if the Prime Minister, um, as I do, cherishes the union, and I believe that the, the Prime Minister is a unionist, then he needs to recognise that right now Northern Ireland, um, there are serious problems here that need to be addressed. I want the Prime Minister to give that priority. I want the Prime Minister to give a firm commitment. No more words. We need action here in Northern Ireland. And finally, Gavin Barwell, who served as the Chief of Staff to Theresa May, reacted to the news that his old job would be filled by sitting MP Steve Barclay. So look, I've got a lot of time for Steve. I think he's a really smart person, uh, incredibly diligent. He doesn't take any nonsense. He'll want high standards there. Uh, I should declare an interest. He's someone I would consider a friend. So lots of good qualities that he has. I think that there are two challenges. The first is he won't be able to do the job in the way that I or Nick Timothy and Fiona Hill or Ed Llewellyn or Jonathan Powell did it because he's combining it with being a government minister and an MP at the same time. So he's going to have to find a way of doing the job in a different way. And then the second challenge, and I think probably the key one, is whether the Prime Minister is going to listen to the good advice that he will give. You know, a lot of the focus over the last week or two has been about making changes as Downing Street, as if that will solve the problem. It's worth remembering that Dan Rosenfeld has just announced he's standing down as Chief of Staff. He was brought in by the Prime Minister to clear up the previous mess in Number 10. So there's only so much different advisers can make uh, if the person at the top 
is not actually listening. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shops podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week.